yo, what is up? This is the Sports Ethos Washington Wizards Show with the CNC crew as always. You got Carthen, you got myself, Corbin. We are here with y'all tonight, uh, just before the eve of a Washington game. Uh, the Wizards, as we record this, are about to do battle with the Hawks. You won't hear about that game by the time you listen to this show. We'll probably have another one with that a little bit after the fact. Um, but we are here right now to really just talk about the Wizards as they stand one weekend. Some of the bigger storylines we've seen, some trends, what we like, what we don't like, um, all of the good stuff. Um, I know I did my Ramble Ramble podcast and already went through the power rankings. And I had the Wizards, as you might imagine, Carthen, pretty low. Um, but before we even get started with that, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, had a pretty good day today. Had um, went and did a uh, um, background screening for the state of Maryland's Department of Juvenile Services. So I'm hoping to get hired by them to be able to work with our youth, some of our troubled youth that uh, we have in in our state and be able to hopefully be a good mentor to them and help them to get back out into the real world and be uh, extreme productive members of society. So I, I ask our followers, you know, just say a little prayer for me that everything goes well and that I'm able to impact our youth in the very near future. Hey, listen, the youth couldn't have a better role model. I can say as someone who knows you as a friend, as a brother, like even being a Wizards fan and not having the greatest judgment there, you are somebody who, no, I'm fine. You are somebody, though, who I, I really, <laughs> who I really think will be good for that, man. So I'm definitely, you know, I'm, you have, I, you got my thoughts and prayers. Anyone out there listening, you know, shoot, shoot my brother some love here, okay? Definitely. I'd be a job that would be helpful for, I think, everyone because both, Probably don't benefit, but these young people definitely would too. And honestly, listen, speaking as a youngish person myself, we need more role models, I think. That's just uh, my thoughts. But sure. yeah, I'm with you on that. But taking right on from that, um, let us move right along to the Washington Wizards. It's been a week. It's been a week. Um, Wizards are one and two, the 10th in the Eastern Conference. They are 18th in offensive rating. They are 29th in defensive rating. And they are 28th in net rating. Um, I'm sorry. Outside those offensive numbers, those numbers do not look good. Um, your leading score for this team uh, is actually Kyle Kuzma with 22 points per game. Um, he's also giving you 6.7 rebounds and two assists per game, shooting 48% from the field and 88% from the free throw line. Those are the good numbers. The bad numbers, he's shooting 25% from three. Um, and then we can get Jordan Poole, who's averaging 18, three and three, which on his head doesn't look that bad, I guess. But then you look at the numbers and they're just abysmal. He's 38% from the field uh, and 21% from three and not for lack of trying. He's shooting uh, 17 shots a game, making about six of them, shooting seven threes a game, making just under two of them. Um, not really passing the ball for the record. I mean, the ball is not being moved around a lot. It feels like at all. If it's not Tyus Jones um, or to a lesser extent, Delon Wright. That is your, your distribution there to a T. DeLon Wright averaging 6.7 assists. Uh, after that, you – I mean, not DeLon Wright. Sorry, Tyus Jones averaging 6.7 assists. DeLon Wright is averaging five assists. And after that, you have the three by Jordan Poole, the two by Kyle Kuzma, and it just goes down from there. Uh, oh, my bad. In between um, the three from Poole and the two from Kuzma is the 2.7 from Denny Avdija. So you have that. But – not great. Not super great. Um, pace has been interesting. Listen, I'm mostly down this team, as you can easily tell. So I'm going to um, 
I'm going to throw it over to you, Carthen, and get your thoughts on this Wizards team because in my mind, it hasn't been the best uh, basketball played. And we knew it could be feast or famine. And as I said on my show, if it's feast or famine, I'm hungry. Like, I'm straight up hungry right now. Like, it has not been great. Um, There's not really a whole lot to say about it. I wish that there were in my mind, like, to kind of go into it. But they lost to the Celtics in embarrassing fashion um, most recently. Uh, They start off the season losing almost embarrassing fashion to the Pacers. And in between that, they beat the Grizzlies, which sounds good until you realize the Grizzlies don't have a win this season. So throw it over to you, Carthen. What are your thoughts so far on this Wizards unit? Well, I'll tell you my thoughts so far is you you hit the nail on the head. We've we've had a discussion about it uh, off air. It, this is literally feast of famine. When you look at the roster that we have currently, you see one glaring problem with this roster, and it was very very evident in our last game against Boston. We're very very small. We don't have uh, we don't have very many big men. We do have tall guys, but we don't have big men. And with Daniel Gafford being out of the lineup, and when he goes out of the lineup, our defense is atrocious. And that's putting it nice. We can't play big. Teams will go inside out on us. And when we try to contain the inside, they kick out and all the teams have been able to knock down threes at a very high clip. Um, I think this is by design. Honestly, Wizards aren't trying to be a very good team right now. I guess that's the best way to put it. They they don't want to have a ton of wins. They want to build through the draft and get a lot of draft capital and kind of go under the same model that the Oklahoma City Thunder went. So, yeah, it's a it's a feast of famine type of ordeal. Um, with when you watch them play the Memphis Grizzlies. The one thing you notice about Memphis was Memphis was kind of in the same boat as the Wizards. They just weren't as athletic as them. They don't have the shooting, just like the Wizards don't have the shooting. But the one thing that you mentioned earlier that is something we talked about in our last show when we talked about our guards is... One thing I said about Jordan Poole is coming true. If Coach West does not get him under control and just lets him have free reign to just shoot whenever, Jordan is going to have a horrible year. And his shooting numbers are exactly what I said they would be if those things didn't happen. You agree or disagree, Corbin? Sorry, I'm over here trying to get my cam, my mic and mic to figure itself out. There was silence there because I agree, but I don't know. Like, 
It's tough. I, I don't think this was the design. I think that you're right. It was to give Jordan Poole a lot of run. I think the Wizards actually thought they put together a decent lineup. I think the Wizards actually thought they put together a team that could compete. Um, that has not been the case. Like, yes, they are small. Like, you're right. Like, Gafford, between injury and foul trouble, has not been a thing. They've had Kyle play the five at moments, right? You've obviously had Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala there. Like, that's not great. Both of those guys are, like, nominal fives. They're really more stretch forwards, you know? Um, so that's definitely an issue there. But, like, even still, like, the lack of ball movement, the horrible shot selection, like, that's just issues regardless. You know, the defense um, being kind of what it is, like, that, those are things that I think are just issues regardless of the situation. And those are more of what I'm concerned about when it comes to how the Wizards execute. Be- because, yeah, the results are not what they should be, and that's fair. Um, but also, like, you can't tell me, like, this was like, oh, yeah, it's all part of our plan. I refuse to believe the front office of the Wizards had this as a plan, you know? That That's just the uh, I can't say so. I can't say that because I've listened to a lot of the the um I've listened to them in their when they've had their different um uh what are they called? I'm I'm having a brain fart. I'm sorry. Um uh-huh. when they've had their when the when the front office has had their um, media media sessions, mm-hmm. those are things that they talked about. You know, bringing in the young players, letting the young players play, seeing what they had. I, I honestly think that what I was saying is, is kind of what they were trying to do. I mean, the Jordan Poole. Um, the Jordan Poole trade was to bring in a young guy who can shoot the ball and a kind of a building block type of player. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma got his got his bag. I can't I can't honestly say whether he really wanted to be in Washington or if he really uh, he wanted to be in Washington and, and be the leader that he talks about, he wants to do because he. He said, you know, there's a couple things in his career that he has not done that he would like to do. He's mm-hmm. won he's won a championship. He said that's that's uh that's a given. He said he wants to be able to have it where he can take a young team and be a leader and lead them to a championship and he wants to become an all-star. So I can't say that the money is necessarily the only uh is the only thing that is motivating him to have re-signed with Washington. So I, I can't speak on that. I can only go for what he said, but I know that that could be one of the contributing factors based off of what he said, or it could be just that's where he got the most money. Um, Tyus, I think Tyus was brought in to – be that steady, calm person to mentor and to get the young people in line. But as far as, the other, as far as the older people mm-hmm. on the team, they were collateral damage for the trades to get to get draft picks. 
like I said, I think that they're going to end up moving almost, if not all of them, by the trade deadline. And uh, and to your question you just asked, to an extent, again, they're not a well put together team, no. and we 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 know that. Anybody who watches basketball and knows anything about basketball knows that the Wizards are not a well put together team. They they got a lot of holes and a lot of flaws. But if you're trying to build a young club, you have to start from somewhere. And you have to start by building an identity. And if you start to build an identity, which I can't say that I really know what that identity they're trying to build is. I was about is. to ask you that. I was about you beat me to it. I was about to say, what do we? What do you think they're trying to build? Because I don't see it. I think that their identity that they're trying to build is kind of in the mold of a crossbreed between what Toronto did in the and uh, building a bunch of big athletic wings that can play defense. And get shooters in around them. That's what it looks like to me. You look at the draft pick they made with Kulabali. You look at the fact that they re-signed Denny Avia. Both of them are really big athletic wings that can play defense. Uh, you look at the three two-way guys that we brought in and uh, Gino, Jared Butler, and um, the other, but John Butler, they're all defensive-minded players. Butler, uh, Butler is uh, in the summer league. He averaged 3.2 blocks a game. No, it's a small sample size, but he's 7'1", 195, athletic, somebody that they think that they can teach, uh, who, who can get better as a shooter because he's very, very young. He's like 20 years old. And then uh, they said, we all know Butler and his, and his uh, Baylor days. Gino, if you've watched any of the games this year, mm-hmm. Gino is probably one of the few bright spots of the team this year he 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 kind of gives me that 2023-24 Jordan Goodwin vibe for the Wizards this year he's going to be the Jordan Goodwin kind of guy the guy that's a two-way player that by the end of the trade deadline they're going to clear enough space in trades to be able to sign him to a full contract at the end of the year so that he can be uh, actually on the team instead of just being a two-way guy. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. you look at um, you look at Ryan Rollins. Ryan Rollins is a decent size point guard, but very very athletic, great defender. And you you kind of look at those type of things, and then you say, okay, maybe that could be it. I, 
Daniel Gafford, athletic, big man, can play defense. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing the straws, but no, that's I'm, I'm listening to. I appreciate you trying, but I'm in the same boat. Like, yeah. what, what is the plan? I, I, I'm drawing the straws based off of archetypes of the players that we have and that they are kind of building around outside of Jordan Poole being the shooter that he is. Everybody else that has that they that they've brought in or decided to keep, that's their archetype. Defensive minded, athletic people for their side, uh, for for their position. So I, I I I'm not sure. I'm I'm drawing the straws. I, I'm I'm just like I said. I'm just looking at what we have, what I see them possibly keeping, and going off of their archetypes. So it's going to definitely be interesting to see how things continue to go throughout the year when they do decide to make moves and stuff like that. If they make moves, to me, they got to make moves. They got to find some, they got to find some people. Like, I would feel like they'd have to as well. I I don't know. Like I would feel that they would, um, it's one of those things where this, this is, I don't think it's a full roster. Like I, I just I don't, don't like it feels like it's half of a roster. Like, is that the falling of um is that the failing of the front office? No, I, I think the front office is trying to fix a problem that was uh identified over the offseason. That's why they made the they they, they took the time out to see and assess what the roster looked like, figured out what they wanted to have in the type of roster they wanted to build, and then started trying to acquire players of the caliber that they wanted to have. And when you do that, you can't fix a roster like that overnight. I mean, this isn't a video game. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, I want to trade for this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, bam, we got a whole brand new roster in an off season. It, it just don't work that way. But they did make the moves to get these guys. They didn't have to go for Jordan Poole. They didn't, but again, the Jordan Poole, I think the Jordan Poole move was a move that they wanted to make because they wanted somebody who could score. They wanted a guy that they felt that they could fit their timeline of what they're trying to build and be able to put a actual offensive weapon on the roster for the team i mean you 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 think about and and let's make this perfectly clear i'm not calling him this guy but based off of the based off of the archetypes of the guys that they brought in and have decided to keep you look Mm -hmm. back at the late 90 early 2000 philadelphia 76 
when they built that team, they built a bunch of defensive-minded guys around one offensive-minded guy in Allen Iverson. And I'm not saying that that's what the Wizards are doing, but what I'm saying is based off of the archetypes of the guys that they brought in, they had to bring in somebody that can score. And that's a bona fide score to put in the lineup with them to balance the all of the defense. You can't be all defense, no offense, or all offense, no defense and then expect the team to ever succeed. I get where you're coming so, from with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I said, I'm not trying to sit there and be like, oh, that's what they're doing. And so on. Because I, I'm with you. I have absolutely no idea. But I'm just going based off of what I'm seeing, of what they're building, and what they're putting, what they've put together so far, and say, okay, they had no offense. Jordan Poole is a guy that even a Hall of Famer has come out and said, thought, thinks is going to be a dynamic scorer and playmaker in this league once he learns how to be a starter, once he learns how to play, be the focal point of an offense, he thinks that he's going to turn out to be a, a star a James Harden type of guy after he gets the ability to learn how to be that guy. And so if you look mm-hmm. at it in that as if you look at it in that aspect, if you got a guy like KG saying something like that, I don't see nothing wrong with taking a flyer on a guy like Jordan Poole. That could pretend that has potential to be that guy. I, I mean, the potential is there. You're right. I just feel like what the 76ers did back then. Again, it's not I mean, like you said. It's not a perfect comparison, and so I am going to give you that. Like that is the truth. But like I see what you're saying. It's like an outline of what it could look like. With that being said, 76 said other guys like Eric Snow and Aaron McKee, who actually led the team, you know, with assists, right? And then Allen Iverson was third with a good 4.6. You had guys who distributed the ball as well and played good defense, like, and made just enough shots to build around this guy who, while he wasn't super efficient, you know, he was great on volume. Allen Iverson that year, 31 points, you know, four assists, 42% from the field, 32% from three. Like, that's, I mean, mind you, it's still early. Like, again, it's not a, it's not a perfect sample size, of course, but like, it's way better than Jordan Poole's stats right now, you know? And absolutely. And and Allen Iverson, I mean, similar age, he was 25 back then. Now, mind you, one is a bona fide Hall of Famer and the other is Jordan Poole. But with that being said, right. it's like, you know, it's similar. I just think that the construct is that not because they want it to be that, but because the people that they've drafted in years past do not have any other recourse. Like Kyle Kuzma can make a shot for himself, right? Not really going to make a shot for others, but he can make a shot for himself, he can rebound. Jordan Poole, he can make a shot for himself. Is it a good shot? Didn't say that, but he can make a shot for himself. Tyus Jones, steady ball handler, you know, get you in your sets, all of that. All the other guys I'm about to mention here need help from others to make their offense. Corey Kispert, Daniel Gafford, Danny Abija, Bilal Koulibaly for now, DeLon Wright, Johnny Davis, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala. Danilo Gallinari, you know, maybe four or five years ago wouldn't have needed that, but at 35, he does. Like, 
it's it's like it is that way because of errors in the team construct. It wasn't like okay, let's surround them with capable defenders and go from there. I think they kind of went okay, we're going to be a bad team, but we have some intriguing pieces, and those pieces, in my mind, aren't that intriguing right now. Well, I mean, again, you can't build. Rome wasn't built in a day. The 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 Wizards aren't going to build a championship contending roster in an off season. But again, when you got when you got uh, a team like the Wizards, when nobody is expecting them to be this great squad this year, you can take a chance. You can take chances on players and see what you can get out of them. And like I said, as far as a lot of those guys you named. Half of them won't be here come trade deadline, in my opinion, because they were all players that were brought in to. They were all players that were brought in in a trade to acquire draft capital. Like I said, this year, a lot of the moves that we made was strictly to acquire draft capital and. Like I told you, with the way that the new CBA and everything else is, the second round, all those second round picks that the Wizards got are going to become gold. Why? Because you got the teams out there that are going to be cap strapped, that does not have the ability to be able to put together a team and stay modestly under the luxury tax so that they're not paying into the tier twos of the luxury tax and they're going to want those second round picks and are going to be willing to give up mid to high first round picks just to be able to fill the roster so you turn around and you take those second round picks you're going to be getting them two for ones so you're going to get two first two seconds for a first and in some cases you're going to be getting three to twos, three seconds for two firsts. They're going to end up becoming very, very valuable because when you have salary cap and you have second round picks, which those teams need because those second round pick players are cheaper than veteran minimums. Mm -hmm. You're going to then start to be able to build a team in the way that Oklahoma City was able to build their team, but in in a different way because you're going to be utilizing second-round picks to get first-round picks instead of taking on a lot of bad contracts to get first-round picks. I think I see what you're saying. Which I still think the Wizards are, are going to end up doing is they're going to end up taking on bad contracts at some point to start getting more draft capital. And so when you got intriguing players or players that fit the the style of basketball in which a team that you want to build, then you're going to give those guys modest contracts to continue to keep your roster filled as well as keep your um, financial flexibility intact. 
all the meanwhile continuing to build your roster in the way that you want to. I don't think the Wizards are I, I don't think the Wizards will be a con I ain't gonna say a contender, but a contending team for another maybe two so. to three years. For yeah. another two to three years. I would agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just based off the way they're constructed, based off the depth in the East relatively, I mean, it's it's clear tier at the top with the Celtics and the Bucks, right? Like those two are definitely up there. Then the 76ers, but even then, like you have a long way to go for the Wizards to climb up. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think in, in my mind, you had better offense when you had Bradley Beal. I would disagree. And I'll tell you why. Well, please do. Cause I'm shocked to hear that from you. The reason that I say, the reason that I say not is because the Bradley Beal, the year that Westbrook was there was more efficient because he had a bona fide point guard that could set him up. Lay, you look at Bradley Bill of last year, Bradley Bill was one of the most inefficient players in the league. Listen, we're watching Jordan Poole right now. Like, yes, he was un- he was inefficient, but look at Jordan Poole. There's no way Bradley Bill was that inefficient. You know that. But hear me out with, with that. With, with okay. that being said, the Wizards are still moving the ball more this year than they did last year because Bradley Bill hands had stucco on it like the kid off of the Little Giants. They played they play wide receiver, the little black stuff he put on his hand. Mm-hmm. That Bradley Bill had the same stuff on his hand. You think so? And a lot of and a, yes, and a lot of times when Bradley Bill would sit up there and get in the game, they would have put everybody out on the wings, and then Bradley Bill just go go and just dribble, dribble, dribble. They lost a lot of games in in the end of the games because Bradley Bill is not that efficient of a ball handler, and they would press him, and then when they press him. He would lose the ball and turn the ball over. He was one of the highest turnover rate guys in clutch situations in the league last year. So this year, although Jordan Poole is hoisting up shots, he's the the Wizards as a whole is more efficient, is moving the ball more this year than they did last year. The ball doesn't get stuck in one person's hands like it did last year they just aren't knocking down they just aren't knocking down shots that's the that's the biggest difference if the wizards was a better shooting team as a whole they would look more efficient this year than they did last year even with the cape even with kp and, and uh brad on the team because of the fact that the ball moves more this year than it has in previous in, in previous years and that that's the truth of the matter now that's why i said what i said when it came to uh when it comes to jordan Poole. i said if coach west can rein him in to be more of a spot and i ain't gonna say spot up shooter but more of a guy that's catching the ball and when the ball's in motion like he did in golden state where the ball moves so much it got him open instead of him just trying to dribble his way to getting open which he's done a lot of this year 
Coach West is going to have to get him reeled in in order for his efficiency to go up. So mm. if he if he does, you'll see his numbers change. If he doesn't, you're going to see his numbers stay where they are or get worse. Because Jordan Poole is the number one option this year. He's going to get the best defensive uh, assignments. He's going to get the best defensive wings. He's going to get the best defensive guards on him every night. So he has to be able to have the ball moving so that he can get clear shots. He can be more open than he's been this year. Not just sitting up there hoisting up 30-foot jumpers thinking that he's fucking Steph Curry because he's not. He's not Steph Curry. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. There's only one Steph Curry. That's true. That's true. He's not even a Steph Curry light, you know? Right. But he is a dynamic shooter. He is. But he's got to understand what he does best. He's he's a dynamic spot-up shooter. He's a dynamic guy that can come off of a screen, catch it, catch off of a screen, put up a shot and make it. But he's not a guy who does a whole lot of dribbling, brings the ball up, does a whole lot of dribbling, break a defense down, and then score on them on a consistent basis. He can do it once or twice a game, but it's typically on a fast break. He's not doing that off of a made bucket or a turnover where they take the ball out. That's not he, – he, he's not that player. But they got to reel him in to make him understand that he's not that player. You are a great scorer, and we, and we need you to score. But we need you to score efficiently in the ways that you have been efficient at scoring throughout your career. And it's not what you see him doing now where he's just doing all this dribbling. Yeah, no, I get you for sure. It's one of those where there it, it has to be more efficient style of play for sure. But we're in a good dive. I mean, there's going to be a lot more of diving into this Wizards team. This is going to be, like you said, it's going to be a long season. We're going to have a lot more to discuss about them. So kind of easing out of that, you know, macro and kind of going more specific here. Um, over the Wizards' next two games, like as we're recording, um, they are currently playing um, the Atlanta Hawks. And then they have the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. What are the keys that are, are that you're looking for? Not the keys in the win the game, but what are you specifically looking for development-wise, team concept-wise, offense or defensive schematics? What are you most interested in seeing over these next three games as we wrap up the show, Card? I would like to see defensive intensity. The two games that they've lost that, that so far this year, they had no defensive intensity. They They allowed – the Boston Celtics and the Indiana Pacers to do literally whatever they wanted to. They wanted to shoot a three, they shot a three. If they wanted, they wanted to score in the paint, they scored in the paint. It didn't matter. I mean, you look at the Boston Celtics game. By the end of the third quarter, Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown were losing to the Wizards by, I think it was like six or eight points the entire Wizards team at one point they were two points shy of tying the Wizards 
for points per for points in the game. You can't tell me that y'all were playing. Y'all had defensive intensity. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit there and say that I'm a defensive genius and all that other stuff, but I can't sit there and say that I'm just going to allow somebody to just continue to score on me at will. Like, like, uh, like they were doing in both of those games. You, you, somebody's got to step up, make them drive, get them off of their spots. You know, anything. Play, be tough with them. Let them know that they're not going to just hoist up shots and we're just going to stand there and let you just take shots wherever you want to. Put a body on them. You got six fouls. Use them. Maybe, maybe I'm speaking old school basketball, but it's the reason why in the 90s, basketball games were only 80, 90 points a game. They play, they play tough defense. They ain't just let nobody shoot. You drive down the hole two times and you get there at will the third time, you're going to meet the floor. I'm not saying that that's how basketball necessarily is today, but again, old school concepts. Sometimes you got to sit there and you got to go back to letting them know that you just can't shoot at will. You can't sit there and say, I'm going to shoot at this spot. I'm going to dribble two times and shoot at this spot. And then you let him dribble two times and shoot at and that shoot spot. At that spot. Nah, it's ain't the, well, I mean, listen, you talking about old school basketball, but didn't Larry Bird used to do that? You said didn't who? Larry Bird used to do that. They talk about how yeah, he's going to go to a certain spot and do just that, and they couldn't stop. And this was the roughhouse 80s where they clotheslined your right. lights. I mean. But Larry Bird was a different breed of human being. <laughs> that's, that's let's, let's, right. let's, let's keep let's keep that above. He was a different breed of human being. Larry Bird was Whoa. one of the most con- he he was one of the most conceited, confident dudes to ever lace up some shoes and play basketball. But he earned every bit of all of that because what he what he was was a legend, and and every letter of that word legend was capitalized. <laughs> you called that man Mr. Bird. It, it didn't matter. Who, it didn't matter who was guarding him. It didn't matter who was on the court. It didn't. None of that mattered. That was Mr. Bird. You're not going. But again, we ain't got no, a lot of these dudes that play in the NBA today couldn't play in that era, and they could play in the era, but they wouldn't be who they are today. Mm-hmm. Because they'd have never got the shots up if they get up. Because hand hand checking was allowed, actual real defense was allowed. Traveling was actually a thing back then. I wish a person would try to do a step back back in the day. That was traveling when you took the first step. I mean, it, it's just so many different things that have that have, that that have changed about today's game that allows for the offensive guys to be more. Uh, it's easier for them to do what they do, but there's still a lot of old school concepts that could be taken into account. Like I said, 
a guy, as long as you don't hit the guy in the head and swing like you trying to haymaker, do a haymaker, somebody drive on you twice to the hole, they go into the hole again, you throw your body into them. You knock them on the ground. You keep your hands up so it make it look like you was just, you know, a hard foul. Mm-hmm. But you let them know, hey, man, you're not going to keep coming in here. Act like you and thinking it's gonna be right, thinking you it's just gonna keep being sweet. No. Again, if if you got a guy that's hot, make somebody else be hot. They let Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown shoot at will. I would have been double teaming the they was already beating almost beating us two two on five. Play defense like it's two on five. If you got to double team the two of them and make somebody else shoot the shot, shoot shots and beat you. Something, anything. That, yeah. that, that's that. So, I mean, the biggest thing that I want to see is defensive intensity. Show me that you care. Show me that you are, that, that this game actually really matters to you. And then the other thing that I would say is team chemistry. You know, more than half of the team that's out there that's there this year are different than last year. So, you know, building chemistry is something that, that's got to happen. That's true. So, so allowing them to build that chemistry, but also get some of these young guys out there to get some, some, uh, some um experience find yeah. out what you got find out what you got in these young guys if you're not expecting to win and you're not expecting to be a highly uh a high winning team this year then utilize these minutes to allow the young guys to get the minutes that they need to be able to grow in the game while also allowing the um who your core who you expect your core to be to get that experience but i don't Mm -hmm. know how they're going to necessarily do that but also they need to get some of these veterans on the on the court so they can trade them you gotta show that their value they they got Gallinari out there. Mike Muscala's starting tonight, so hopefully, you know, he can show his worth there. Landry Shamet is supposed to be uh, available tonight. Hopefully, he'll get some minutes. You know, th- those type of things uh, to show those guys can still play so that you can maybe get a second-round pick for them. Yeah, kind of see where that goes from there. That's they all got sure. decent they all got decent contracts. You might be able to get a bad contract off a team if, if those guys are showing that they actually have some worth. You might be able to get a, a bad a team to give you some draft capital and, and take a bad contract off their hand for, for an actual rotation guy. So, you know, those type of things. No, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I'm totally with you on that for sure. Well, as we close out, I'm going to give you a chance to give one question. Or one, one, give three words to describe what you're looking for this week in Wizards basketball. Play hard basketball. There it is. Short and sweet and to the point. 
things you love to hear. Carthen, thank you again for your time. Appreciate you as always, my friend. Listen, let the good folks know where they can find you here. You can find me on X at uh, Carthen NBA. I'm trying to get my Twitter stuff up, but uh, I mean, not Twitter, I apologize. My Instagram up. Uh, y'all gotta forgive me. I'm not very computer savvy, but once I'm able to get that get that going, I'll be doing some shorts on there about some things uh, that have to do with basketball, and you'll be able to find me also there at Tarthen NBA. There it is, and we're gonna be doing some lives too here on Select Games as well. Um, where if we both off or take some time during the weekend, or whatever, to live stream, uh, li- not live stream a game, but talk while the game's being played with our own commentary. Um, we'll go live post game some more on YouTube, just some different things here, kind of mix it up, add some more value and diversify our own cover. So that's something to stay tuned for as well. But definitely make sure to talk hard and to do notes of stuff for real, for real. I mean, find me on Twitter or X at Corbin NBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. Definitely make sure to check that out there. Um, This is the Sports Ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at sportsethosonline, sportsethos.com. Definitely make sure to check that out for great content all over. Um, Good stuff there for sure. Right. Aside from that, for Carthen, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And as always, let's go with it.